every freaking second of the day, I'm going to do it. Everybody wants to be mother freaking wealthy. Are you willing to adapt? Are you willing to change? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? How willing are you going to be to allow me to help you? This is a marathon, not a sprint. You give up your right to be average and ordinary. You gotta show up earlier, you gotta be here later, you gotta hit harder, be more productive, be more focused. If you don't see it that way, you will fail at it. You guys have been the pillar and the backbone of Planet First Life now for quite some time. Keep growing. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We have Sean Mike with us. Sean, thank you for coming in. Thank you, brother. Yeah, Drew, that's much better. You got to do this, Drew. This is what we used to do. We just trying to get excited. I'm out my head. We used to punch oh. in the head. <laughs> they got to do it harder than that. Hold on. I'm going to lose my headphones. Factor, can I do this? So we do one of these. Like We just try to get each other excited. So that's how I do it myself. So I'm not going to do that every call, but sorry. I don't mean to mortify you, but that's what we had to do the first four years, how bad it was. <laughs> All right. So I can take a shot, Drew. I believe you. Oh, no problem, dude. That's, that was a good sound, too. I know it was. It was a good sound effect, Drew. You got. I'm, you're going to make some kind of video of that. <laughs> All right. So the first question is from Alondra Tapete, and it is: What were the first four years like at Family First Life? Oh, whoa. Um, I don't know. A combination of eating mushrooms and smoking crack. Um, um, it was. Uh, it was hard. It was hard. It was. Um. It was it was hard, and we couldn't act like it was hard. You know, Mark Mead said during a meeting the other day, he said um, he was talking about calling me early on in the company, and uh, he said, if you know Sean, Sean doesn't do well with, like, hyperventilating and drama. Like, he doesn't like it. He doesn't participate in it. <laughs> you know, Alondra, it was, um, you know, there was, the company was, we launched the company, <clears throat> Andrew, as you probably know, we were just, dude, we were just looking for another way to sell some life insurance. It, it wasn't, you know, if anybody said, even when we talked about goals for staff and growing, if you asked me honestly eight plus years ago, if I thought we'd be doing seven, eight hundred, a billion dollars a year in premium, you know, I, I wouldn't have said yes. I mean, I, I was all about goals and pushing and all that, but I wouldn't have said yes. You know, First of all, Andrew, we launched a company. We had no leads. We had one insurance carrier. We had no infrastructure. We had three staff members, you know, 1,200-square-foot office. Um, I had $700 in the bank. I only remember that because I was trying to get through, like I had to pay Mike Sizer and the staff. That was in the corporate account. That wasn't like – I had nothing in personal accounts. I, had, I uh, brought Jordan recently – to see, uh, you know, the house I was living in the first four years. And uh, Lowry, you just see, he's like. I saw that house before. I know you did. And you could just see him. He's like, you lived here? I was like, yeah. You know, I'm just, you know, area one. But, but dude, it's what you, whatever, man. It was 800 bucks a month, you know. And um, you got to understand that. Think about your business. That's why I try to equate people. And I want to hear, man. I'm not saying this so we can entertain you. But I, if Alondra wants to know, I'll answer it. I mean, you know, Andrew, we had no money. I went into debt right away. You remember we had no leads. 
uh, I charged seventy plus eighty thousand dollars with a couple of different purchases. One was a big purchase in Leeds. So I went in the hole real quick, about a hundred grand. Um, we were in litigation. I had never been in litigation in my life. Um, and uh, it's good to be on the uh, on this end of it now. It was got to be the bigger bear. You know, so people are like, aren't you afraid they're going to do what? I'm like, no, not at all. I wasn't afraid we had no money. So I was never scared. Um, but it was hard, you know, to be honest with you. But it wasn't, you know, we uh, we went through that. And, and be clear, you know, our goal wasn't, hey, you know, we're going to duck, bob, hide, and weave. Our goal was we're independent. I don't care what you ask me to sign. I'm independent. <laughs> Good luck in proving its validity, and I'm ready to go to war. Like, let's go. Like, I don't care. Like, let's go. I went to everything I needed to, court, whole deal, settlement, all that kind of stuff. I learned a lot. I feel like I got a law degree in four years. Um, part of what I knew then was for you, Andrew, and everybody else that worked here to try to keep you out of that only because not that you're all not super smart, and would, but, dude, it wouldn't have helped any of us for you to be consumed by that, that, that didn't, that didn't, wouldn't have benefited you in any way, shape, or form, you know? So, um, you know, I can remember having what we had, we had one carrier, then three, and then there's a very small business and a lot of people were pulling against us. So then we went, you know, we had a carrier that said, you need to change the way you market. You can't pay high comp. And, um, that was a big turning point in the company. Cause, uh, that was not all that long in. And, um, I think it was about 10 of you guys. I was like, Hey man, we want to part ways with this company. I remember sitting with Mike Sizer and they're like, well, you guys can't pay that kind of comp. And you can't, we're on a, on a conference call, <coughs> me, Mike, and these guys from this company. And, uh, he, we hung up. Mike's like, man, they seem pretty pissed. I go, Oh, they're going to terminate us. We need to terminate them first. And, uh, we ended up being back in business with them, you know, not too long after that. But one of the things that people always said was when you said something, at least the carrier side, the lead side, if I said something, I meant it. Um, if I said we were going to do it, we were going to do it. And when I said we weren't going to change the core principles of the company, we weren't going to. I love Paul. When Paul was like, we need to charge for training, only because that's what Paul knew. He wasn't trying to be. That's what he knew. And I was like, well, we're not going to charge for training, but you can quit. I mean, if we're going to talk every day about charging agents for stuff, you don't want to work here. I'm not charging them for anything. And and I know you come from that environment, dude, but it's not going to work here. You know, um, we had to get people to understand that you build massive businesses by winning with people and not winning off of them. If, if, if small spreads and stealing money worked, why is nobody big that does that? I'm just like, it, it, somebody explain to me, if you work at a company that does that and the guy or girl that runs it wants to debate that with me, I'll meet them anywhere, any place, anytime and do it anywhere. You name it, your house, somewhere else, side of the street, you know, but let's get together and talk about it because if it works, why has it not been scalable? It works short term and it works enough for you to steal money. So we never gave in on that. Um, it was, you know, there were times, Andrew, in the first three, four years, the leads we had were all old, recycled, would, would you, banged up leads. Would you debate anybody that FFL versus? Anywhere, anytime. And I mean anybody, anywhere, anytime. Anybody in our business. I'm not going to debate a guy that runs a, a manufacturing company that's producing shoes because I don't really know. But, but in my space, in our space, anybody. Um, that's legit. Anywhere. 
I used to say it differently, but we can't say I used to. I'll fight, but I can't do that anymore. We all grown up, but but you know, I I think I think for for me, Andrew, I remember being in an insurance carrier's office, and some of the executives said to me, "Can you come into the conference room and show us how the how you believe this model works?" Because we believe, they said, we do believe that agents need to make more money. But the IMOs, FMOs, NMOs, they've been claiming they need to keep that much to survive. And I spent about an hour and a half on whiteboard markers and just broke down spread, persistency, lack of cost for the agents, what the average agent would make, what we would do for bonus, how much we would give back, and how we'd scale it. And I'll never forget, they looked at me and they said, man, this will work. And I said, I'm 100% sure this will work. We have a lot of things pulling against us. But this model works, no doubt. One interesting thing about me being there the first four years is I was just excited to be fighting for something. Mm-hmm. Which, well, I think you're excited. To be, and again, fighting with people who wanted to fight, too. Yeah. And and also, dude, the thing about, and I'm just being honest, I, I lack a lot of things, but, but I ain't scared. And, and only of God. And, like, the rest of it is just whatever. And And... And again, one of the things I used to do is no matter what happened during the day, I vowed to myself, I'm going to go to sleep. Whatever happened during the day, it's over. I can't undo it. I actually wouldn't wake up and read my emails because there was always something about litigation or this happened or leads or carriers. There was just so much. I was like, I'm going to get myself four hours of like decent sleep, wake up in the morning and start fighting all over again. And I think we had a lot of people thinking the way you did. A lot of people thinking fun, I'm in the dude. fight. Yeah. And and I'll be honest with you, I used to always joke with people and I said, if we make it four years, y'all are so like beeped. Like you're so screwed. Well the like, rumor so was screwed. that we couldn't stay in business, but that's what everyone said. Don't yeah. work with them. They're paying X amount of comp, but yeah. they won't be in business in right. four years. I'll tell you what, dude, I, I'd like to say that they weren't remotely right. But they, it was, I mean, we did what we could do. But Andrew, we would have put anything into it. I was taking money in real estate. That was where I was making some money and just pouring into the company. That's what we were doing. I mean, it was like, and we just, you know, there were times that I wouldn't even like on salary. We would just like, I had to pay my bills and pay my rent, take care of my kids. But, you know, I wasn't buying anything. My Honda Accord had 260,000 miles on it. My house was 800 bucks a month. Dude, Hondas I, are legit though. They could go forever. Dude, I hit a deer with that thing running appointments. Okay. It's a true story. Comes flying out in front of me on Route 2. I'm going about way too fast. Smoke this deer. Now, deer, do you ever hit a deer? No. Okay, because you're out here. They're like some of the strongest animals. You can you maul those things. They get up, hit airborne, hit the pavement, slide. They got to run in the woods. No way. Yeah, dude. Like this thing, I don't know how big it was, but I mean, I, I couldn't hit any more square. It was, it was late at night. It ran right out in front of me. Didn't see it. Boom. Airborne. I... My car immediately spewing antifreeze everywhere. The whole front ends push up his windshield. Dude, I st- I get out of my car to see the deer. The deer runs. Okay, which is, I go back to my car. My car's still running, and I was like, I put it in the park thinking it died, and I got in my car and drove it back past the office. Sizer was like, "Dude, what happened to your car?" And I drove it to the, and then that was it. It was totaled. Um, and I think they said it was worth three or four hundred dollars, um, but dude, I didn't buy anything. I went to my buddy and got another cheap car. Like I didn't, I didn't buy anything. You know, I just didn't. Um, so I think it's it's getting people to understand that you know it was a grind. The nice thing for for people with us, your grind might be 
a day, a week, a month, a year. And it's pretty, with all due respect, you're, if you're grind, like if you're struggling after three months, six months, it's cause you're not working. And, and with all due respect, it's just, you don't have any fee. You don't have any of those things. We took all the fees off of you. Everything's upside. Now, Andrew, to your point though, some people, everybody has something to fight for. You just have to identify it. So when we started doing better, I didn't lose my desire to fight. Then I was like, my kids deserve better. I want to do better by them. I, I want my son to be able to go to prep school and play ball. I want to be able to afford to pay for that. Once I got there, then I was like, all right, there are people in the world that are at need, and I don't give enough money away. And then when you start doing that, there's no limit. There's no way you go like, you know, I'm done making money. Like, how would you be done making money? Like, how much can you possibly give away? But I think, Andrew, if you asked me to summarize the first four years, um, <clears throat> it was like your hair was on fire every day. There was something every day. But at the end of the day, everything was about perspective. We were alive. Could have been a lot worse. No matter what anybody says, I was my fan. You know that. I'm like, dude, relax. Somebody just got diagnosed with cancer. Somebody died today. Like, calm down. Yeah, you did and that I, a lot. I think that attitude just, and that is, by the way, it's my attitude. I'm like, I just, do not. I'm sorry. Like, I don't get worked up about stuff people you get worked up about. It's weird to me. I'm not that worked up about it. I'm just kind of like, and if I can't control it, I don't care. I genuinely don't care. I don't sit around and think about stuff all day long and try to get in my own head. <clears throat> I move on. That's it. I don't care. I genuinely don't care, you know? And um, I think that that's, that's really, but it was, you know, it, it allowed us to develop into the businessmen and women we are today. But it also, I think what happened with the industry is we always said we were we wanted to disrupt the market. We started doing those big marketing pieces, right? Market disruptor. We just got really aggressive with our marketing. And I think people started to realize, like, wait a minute. These guys aren't going anywhere. They're not going to back down. They have a phenomenal presumptive sales approach. They're as transparent as anybody. We were releasing comp grids, doing our training online for everybody to watch. <clears throat> and I think that then what happened is the best marketing we ever got were from our alleged competitors. We still get it. Yeah, people do still. the dumbest stuff. They rent lease cars, drive around, talk about us, and the people work with us. I mean, I had a guy the other day. I, I mean, I've, like I've seen there's things that people do that are stupid. This was one of the, the dumbest. It was actually impressive. And he sends me all his numbers and the money he's making off everybody. He shows me his spread. And he's killing everybody. Like he's, he's never making some money, but nobody in his group is making money. He's laughing. He's like, no, my group is making money. The products aren't any good. And I was like, well, good luck with that. Dude. Dude, so Brad Lee did this podcast and he was interviewing someone that's in financial services. And um, the guy goes, Brad goes, what's your commission? And then he's like, you want me to say it right on here? And he goes, yeah, I want you to say it right on here. And he goes, it's 80, but I get 30% uh, trails for like three or four years or something. Yeah. Right? And then Brad goes, well, wouldn't you rather have all that money up front? He's like, well, everybody I hire, they get 80, they get 80, but I get their 30% trails. And when, when I have a, you know, a hundred people, I'm going to make X amount. And he goes, you're not going to have a hundred people because you're taking all their renewals. Amen. Well, now that guy's working with us. Yeah. But if you, if you think, if you look at it like that, if you're keeping all the money, you're never going to have a lot of people. Dude, that's what everybody's been doing for 40 years. And that's why they can't scale it because people get educated eventually. They go, I'm not making any money. This sucks. And I quit. 
and then you have to reach. I never want to be part of a deal. The one thing that I knew in the first four years that impressed the insurance carriers, our retention was really high, despite everything else we had going on. All the BS, all the drama, trying to build a company, trying to make some money, trying to help the infrastructure. We had a ridiculously high retention. And I think what really shook them was, you know what? Man, these guys can keep these people together. That's one of the things I said. I showed one of the insurance carriers one day. I was like, here's how many we started with. Here's how many we went last year. Here's how many are still with us. And they're like, this is unheard of in the business. I said, we don't have anything figured out yet. But everything's agent-centric. It's truly about the agent first, client, agent, it can't hurt the company. And I think that was my, always my answer, Andrew, to everybody. And that was the guy going, I stole the 30%. His wasn't that way. It always has to be everybody outside of you. I was listening to this pastor the other day, and he was saying, you first, you first. When you come to church, you know, your dying congregations don't understand you first. I'm thinking, you being you. He's like, no, no, you being everybody. Like, you have to find other people and put them first. That's how our church every single day is. It's not about us. It's you first. It's not about where you'd like to say. It's what can you do to serve somebody else. As long as it's about you first and everybody needs a group. It's a really good, really good uh, sermon. It's a really good talk. I loved it. But at the end of the day, Andrew, no matter what happened, no matter how difficult it was, and if it ever crossed our minds of, well, if we did this, we'd make more money, we always made sure it was about the agent first, truthfully. When we had the ability to go raise comp, we did that. Recently, we had a carrier go, hey, we're going to pay five more points in a product. Like, give it to the agents. Every time, the bonuses, every time we've done that, it's worked. So I think that's the, the trials and tribulations for four years where they were trials and tribulations. We solve them all by putting the clients and the agents first. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for joining us today. Next week, we will be back Saturday. Get your questions in at usa.ffusa.com forward slash QA. Sean, thanks for coming in. And guys, thanks for joining us. See you guys.